Welcome to our Ash Wednesday service. This is such a special time of year where we get to take these next 40 days to prepare our hearts and remember what Christ did for us on the cross. So before we get started, you're gonna need a couple of items as you see in front of me. So you're gonna need a lit candle. You're gonna need a piece of bread or cracker or some type of fruit juice, grape juice, or wine. If you need a couple minutes to gather your items, just stop the video and come back later or just keep watching until you can get your items at a later time. So with that, Let's pray. God, we thank you for this day that you have given us. We know that uh, it's an amazing day, Father, because we are taking this day um, to remember you and what you did on the cross for us, Father God. It is the beginning of Lent. It is Ash Wednesday, and we thank you for all the amazing things that you've done in our lives. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I was raised in a Pentecostal church and didn't really know much about Ash Wednesday and had never observed it before in my life. I was pretty unsure of what it was and the meaning behind Ash Wednesday. And when I was younger, I mean, I do remember seeing people with ashes and the shape of a cross on their foreheads, but just not really understanding what that was all about. Last year was my first time observing Ash Wednesday here at Spring Creek Church. And Pastor Keith taught a tremendous lesson about Ash Wednesday. Now that I understand the meaning of Ash Wednesday, my heart is so full with the anticipation of what Jesus is going to do in these next 40 days for me and for you. Now, many churches observe the liturgical calendar, which follows the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. The goal is to focus on Christ and his life all year long, because isn't that what makes us Christians? Believing that Jesus died for our sins so that we could have direct access to God and then after we believe, we accept his invitation to be in relationship with him and do life together with the strength, love, peace, mercy, and grace that he provides every single moment of our lives. Even before we believed, we were not alone. God has always been with us. Even before we accepted his invitation to be in relationship with him, we were never unloved. The difference is now that we are in relationship with him, we can see his love. We can feel his love and we really experience companionship with him in a way that sometimes words can't even describe. No matter what we're going through, we have hope in Jesus. So the goal of observing the liturgical calendar is not to create a set of rituals that makes us feel holy, but that, but that in everything we do, that we would remember it is about a deep, intimate relationship with Jesus. This calendar leads us up to the celebration of Easter and today, Ash Wednesday, begins a 40-day period called Lent where Christians fast, remember our sinfulness, seek God's forgiveness, and remember that forgiveness came at the price of Jesus' life. During these 40 days, we will be fasting from things or giving up something to intentionally make space for Christ to work, to make space for God in our lives. Sundays in Lent are not counted in the 40 days because each Sunday represents a mini Easter where we commemorate the resurrection of Christ. Even the 40 days have significance. 40 days signifies the completion in the realization of an event, meaning when something or an event is practiced and remembered for 40 days, it makes it real and present in our everyday lives. It becomes part of our routine and is imprinted in our memory. Let's look at some biblical examples of 40 days and 40 nights. Before the flood, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. Moses spent 40 days on Mount Sinai in God's presence. 
the 12 spies spent 40 days exploring the promised land of Canaan. While Elijah spent 40 days in the desert, God used an angel to bring him food that sustained him. Goliath challenged the Israelites to fight each day for 40 days. Jonah warned Nineveh of the coming judgment in 40 days. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days. And Jesus appeared in the, uh, to the disciples for 40 days after his resurrection. And in each of these events, there was testing and difficulty, but each person's faith was practiced and remembered, making it present in their everyday lives. It's called Ash Wednesday because in biblical times, dusting yourself in ashes and wearing sackcloth, which was a coarse cloth normally used to make sacks, was a Hebrew custom of indicating humility before God as a symbol of grief and mourning. So during Ash Wednesday, the ashes represent the mourning of our sin and the need for repentance. It is a time of self-examination and reflection of our lives. Where has sin crept into our lives? Are our beliefs in alignment with God's word or has there been a slight misalignment that needs to be corrected? It's a time where we need to examine the condition of our hearts. And when we talk about the heart, some of us think of Valentine's Day and we think of love. Some of us are super literal and think of a physical heart. And we use this word so often that in our everyday conversations that sometimes it loses its true meaning. We say things like, hey, I heart you. Oh my gosh, I almost had a heart attack. Take heart, bless your heart. Cross my heart, let me get to the heart of the matter. And for some of you, oh my God, Pastor Jessica, you're so young at heart. I'm like, I know, I know. But heart in the Bible is a symbol of the relational, intellectual, decision-making element in human beings and not the emotional, affectionate part. So when I say we must examine the condition of our hearts, what I'm saying is that we should take time to identify what is at the center of our identity and motivations in this life. What drives you? What motivates you? What's important to you? What are your intentions when you do something? Is your personal definition of success driving your decisions or do you truly desire God's will for you and your family? In the Old Testament, the prophet Samuel was asked by God to go and find the next king of Israel after Saul was rejected by God. He tells Samuel to go and fill his horn with oil and go to the house of Jesse of Bethlehem because he has chosen one of his sons to be the next king of Israel. Samuel invites Jesse and his sons to a sacrifice that he was going to present to the Lord. And when the sons arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and Samuel thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. Physically, Eliab looked like a king, but the Lord said to Samuel in 1 Samuel 16, 7, don't judge by his appearance or height for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So here's the good news. The condition of your heart doesn't affect how God sees you or how much he loves you. His love for us is unconditional. But the condition of the heart affects how we relate to God and the way we live our lives. Proverbs 4.23 tells us to guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. In Mark 7, the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, why don't the disciples follow our age-old tradition of washing their hands before eating their food? And Jesus responds by saying, you hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. 
For he wrote, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God, for you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition. Jesus then addresses the Jewish food laws in Deuteronomy 11 concerning eating clean and unclean food because the Jewish people began to allow the, the eating of, of clean food to identify them as holy, the chosen people of God, instead of being identified by their intimate relationship with God. For, so for them, eating unclean foods was a sign that you were far from God and unholy. Jesus tells the people, it's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. The ritual became more important than the relationship. Then Jesus says, from within, out of men's hearts come evil thoughts, sexual Im immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All of these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. Our biggest problem is not external, but internal. All of us have a heart problem. It's not how we look on the outside. It's, it's not the traditions that we follow. It's about our heart's intentions. This is why Jesus tells us that the greatest commandment of all is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And you can find that in Matthew twenty-two thirty-six. He is reminding us that our hearts, minds, and soul must be postured towards God in everything that we do and how we live our lives. He reminds us in John 15, 4, Remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So during these 40 days of Lent, we should fast from something that takes our time away from or distracts us from spending time with God. We can fast from social media. We can fast from activities, certain foods, swearing, criticizing, shopping, hello, Amazon, hobbies, anything that takes our attention away from God. And when we feel the urge to engage in that activity that we are fasting from, then that is God's reminder for us to pray and posture our hearts towards him and ask him for strength and guidance. The time that, that we would have normally used for that activity can be used now to add a spiritual discipline to our daily schedule to develop our relationship with Jesus. That time can be a time of solitude, silence, meditation, and prayer. And if practiced and remembered for 40 days, it makes it real and present in our everyday lives. It becomes part of our routine and is imprinted in our memory. Now that we know about Ash Wednesday and are preparing our hearts, we're going to blow out the candle and let that cool for a bit. You can do this alone like I'm going to do, or you can do this for someone else who's with you. So what we're going to do is we're going to pinch the wick and we're going to grab some of the ash off of it. And then we're going to use it to place a cross on our head, on our forehead. This is a, a reminder of our brokenness and a reminder of how much we need God. And here's the ash. And I'm just going to take a cross. And for me, I'm just going to take just a second and I'm just going to acknowledge, God, I need you. I am broken. I need you in everything that I do. 
You are my every breath. I never want to forget all the things that you've done in my life and who I was before and who I am now because of you. And so now we're going to take communion together. So on the night when Jesus was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So I want you to take that cracker or that piece of bread, and I want you to take a piece of it. And we're going to take this, remembering that it is the body of Christ. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink. And now we're going to take a drink of our juice. First Corinthians eleven twenty six says, For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. As we begin this Lent season, let us remember that ashes represent the mourning of our sin and the need for repentance and, and communion reminds us of the sacrifice Jesus made on the cross so that we can be forgiven and free from the wages of sin, which is death. He truly gives us a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this Ash Wednesday, Father. I pray, Lord Jesus, for every person that's watching this, Lord, that they would remember, Father, uh, all the things that you've done in their life, Father. And if they have not, Lord, accepted this invitation to be in relationship with you, that they would do that right now, Lord Jesus, so that they could begin to walk with you, that they could begin to trust you, Lord, that their faith would grow in you. Father, we thank you for what you did on the cross. Because of that, Lord Jesus, we could be where you are one day, Father. So we thank you and we pray all these things in Jesus's name. Amen. All right, guys, I want to remind you that we have our daily devotionals happening on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube every day, eight o'clock in the morning, central time. Make sure that you're there. And I hope that you have an amazing Ash Wednesday.